Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. Our motto, keep it real. This is a special episode. We're diving into uh, into um, a spooky topic in uh, in spirit of Halloween, and um, I know it's something that you know Nikhil and I can both resonate as recent recent high school graduates and college applicants and all of that. But um, I think it's something that our audience can relate to a lot as well, which is the college admission scandal. Um, we don't only want to talk about what it is, um, because if you're listening to this podcast, if you're if you're if you watch the news, you're likely familiar with the general details of the scandal. Um, but what Nikhil and I really want to get to today is that what we saw in the college admissions scandal just brought to light some of the fundamental issues that are scattered and, and surrounding the college application process. And that um, for many of us, um, we see these cues on a daily basis, but we're not always paying attention to it. Um, so ultimately, now that this scandal has occurred and it's, and it's come out in public, what does that mean for young people like ourselves who are going through school, who are applying to colleges? How can we, how can we put our best foot forward and really make the most of the situation now that we know what's going on? Um, I know uh, we've like seen a lot of coverage in the media about the situation itself, maybe drawing attention to a few of the more recognizable names on the list. But what we wanted to tackle had a lot more to do with why they did it. What were the underlying motivations? What about the system allowed for them to get to that point? Rather mm -hmm. than just, um, you know, sitting there and laughing at, the people that got caught, there is a bigger problem here. And we just wanted to do a little bit more of a deeper dive rather than just, you know, covering the story. And with that, I'm going to keep the overview of the scandal um, relatively short and sweet. Um, and so what exactly, what exactly is the college admission scandal? What did it look like? How did it come about? The scandal was traced back to someone known as William Ricksinger. About 30 families were discovered to have been intentionally rigged the college admissions process to ensure that their students would get into elite universities. These schools included USC, Yale, many others. Um, and so this, this happened in two primary ways. So in collaboration with Rick Singer, they, they hired him through the context of his organization referred to as the key, which was, you know, kind of a, a college admissions advice organization advertised to support underprivileged youth, which doesn't really add up because it was a $25 million foundation. Um, most of his clients were top lawyers, business ex executives, celebrities that we've seen in the news, um, most of them living in California and the LA area. Um, so so the key was, was really a, a secret key into the back door of college admissions. Um, so what were these two main ways? Number one um, was these families would work with with Singer in order to organize for their students' test scores 
to be to be either changed or forged. Um, some students would apply to um, have extra time or, or take their test in a separate location from other high schoolers um, in order for that to take place. And the second form was bribing officials at the University of Choice, primarily athletic recruiters and coaches. Um, there were photoshopped pictures where, where, where students' students' faces were put on, a, you know, on the figure of a water polo player or a tennis player to act as if they were a top varsity athlete in high school which they were not, then they would be guaranteed admission into the school. Some of these coaches were bribed with upwards of $400,000 um, in order for this to happen. And those students would eventually not actually need to play that athletic sport in college. So it was only um, a means to get them into the school. Um, I want to take a pause here because when I started really digging deep into how exactly this whole system worked. And it was very, very organized. Singer himself said, and I quote, what we do is we help the wealthiest families in the US get their kids into school. Um, they want guarantees, they want this thing done. They don't want to be messing around with this thing and this thing being college admissions that so many of us are tackling straight on, right? Um, when I first heard this, I thought immediately, this is something that happens to other people. This is something that other people get involved with, that other people are cheating. But the reality is that a lot of these things actually happen pretty close to home for us. Um, Nikhil, I wanted to pause and take a moment. Can we talk about test taking? Have you ever seen something like this yourself? Yeah. And um, this isn't really as, you know, um, elaborate as the the whole college admission scandal, the whole Operation Varsity Blues, mm -hmm. but there are roundabout ways to get your test scores manufactured. It's not going to be like something as criminal as like having someone else take the test for you or forging a score, switching them out. Um, there are a little bit more subtle loopholes. One of them that I know is particularly popular that I've seen for quite a few people is faking a medical exemption from regular testing centers so that they could get more time to take the test. And there are plenty of people that really do need this exemption and that use it for completely reasonable reasons. Mm -hmm. But there are people that exploit that getting like doctor's notes that really don't affect their ability to take the test just so they can get more time to take it. And as a result, you know, timing is a big part on standardized tests. I know a lot of us wish we had more time. And if we were all to get unlimited time, of course, our scores would go up. So just little things like that. And it doesn't take anybody of a, spe a special like wealth or income background. Anyone can obtain a doctor's note that says they have a certain medical issue that might happen to exempt them from uh, like regular testing circumstances and they get special accommodations and you can manufacture a higher score in that way rather than you know what we typically think of like having someone take it for you right. something might appear in the news as more of a criminal link there are really subtle ways that people get by the whole testing requirement Absolutely, and, and and that's the key that they are that they are subtle. Um, so what is what does this really mean for us now that we know that that these kinds of things happen, um, whether it's test scores or bribery or or finding some other way to, um, you know, cut corners and and ultimately cheat in this world of college admissions? What does that mean for those of us left to 
still apply to college and, and still have dreams there and still have goals for our career. Um, you know, Nikhil and I have really dug into this thing inside and out. And what we both come to realize is that there really is dysfunctionality in, you know, on all sides. It's not just the higher education system itself. It's not just these schools. Um, in this scandal in itself, multiple, um, you know, test administrators were actually brought in um, on, on the scheme as well to kind of turn a blind eye if students were cheating or stepping to another room during an exam. Um, and also, there's dysfunctionality on the other side of it of students and families in that Singer wouldn't have been able to do this for so many clients if there wasn't a fear <laughs> within all of his clients that somehow the only way to get into these amazing schools would be to rig the system, would be to cheat. Um, he, he, he would often say it's so competitive to get your kids into school these days. And by playing on this fear that, that students have, that parents have, that's what gives rise to, to these issues and to the brokenness of the system. And so as we move forward, Nikhil and I really just want you to open your mind to ways in which you might have that fear within yourself and how starting to dispel that can actually start to um, heal the system and heal this process from the inside out. Yeah, so I, I really liked how you addressed the fears because that's really the underlying cause of mm -hmm. all of this. None of this would have happened if the... Um, if people like William Rick Singer hadn't played on the fears of students, parents, families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that speaks to a bigger issue about how we feel about education. And while I was doing a little bit of research on the whole scandal, um, I noticed that the primary, like, motivating factor for parents to get their kids into certain schools had nothing to do with the academic status of the school or how much it would help their students with their learning or you know like the basic things that college is actually for <laughs> but it had more to do with social status like where can my kid find people that will improve their social status what will make mm -hmm. them look good what will make them look smart what will make them more popular and um one reason that we have such a big issue with that I think is college rankings mm -hmm. and we have a a college ranking system that has been historically really poorly structured the methodology if you read up on it is just awful and I, I read a Washington Post article a little bit ago that said you know US News recently changed its uh, rankings methodology and it still sucks and that's what the article was about. And just looking over some of the um, the factors that go into ranking colleges, they have stuff like outcomes, graduation rate, social mobility, which is absolutely great. It's sad that it's only at 5%. Faculty resources, class size, a 20% chunk for expert opinion, which is completely ambiguous. Yeah, what's expert opinion? Um, they don't really seem to say much about it, and that seems to be pretty deliberate. <laughs> and it really has to do with um, the opinion of people that are typically at the institutions that are higher up on the list. And there are such strong affiliations among some of these universities that people, the experts in their fields, are at certain schools on the list, and they have an incentive to say that other schools are better to help them also boost their ranking. Mm -hmm. right? 
to work in tandem with other so-called experts. And I'm sure they know plenty about their field and the schools that are high up have very like great prestige and all of that, but it's a very easily exploitable methodology. Like Mm. 20% of the ranking goes to expert opinion. So the issue isn't necessarily that the rankings themselves are are completely flawed. It's they possess the um, capability to be exploited. And we've seen that back when acceptance rate was included, stuff like class size constituting 8% of the ranking. Um, Some schools even try and make their graduation rate higher. They inflate graduation rate by lowering the standards for uh, actually getting through classes. Mm. And so now students aren't able to get the same level of education that they would hope to have gotten um, at the university they're attending because the school is just trying to inflate their statistics. And it just goes to show that the colleges themselves aren't being incentivized to actually promote their students. Mm. they're being incentivized to promote themselves. And that's what matters uh, to these colleges, to a lot of colleges on this uh, list. And, you know, nothing against them. I'm sure they're all great colleges, but that's what's really playing into the fears around um, college admissions. And if you don't get into one of the colleges on this list, that seems to be rather unfounded to begin with, that you won't be good enough or your social status won't be high enough or you won't be regarded well. And it just seems like a ridiculous notion considering that the rankings are so fundamentally flawed. It really is, you know, it's, it's, we don't want to undermine, you know, what we're all going for in college. I mean, Nikhil's in college right now. I'm about to go this next fall. Like we know what it's all about and we know what we want from it. And these schools have incredible merit. Like when you get there, you will have an amazing experience. But the reality is that as Nikhil is explaining this list of colleges, it's like a list of brand names. And basically whatever brand is at the top is most, is most expensive. Oh, it's most expensive. Number one. So, so it must buy, it must be better. Right. Um, no, just because a school is at the top of the list doesn't mean that it's better for you. So we're going to talk more about that later on, um, but we just want to start bringing these things to light so that you can turn around and, and ask yourself, what does that mean for me and in my college search? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, a place like, you know, schools that are higher up on the list, those might be the place for you. That's just how it is sometimes, but sometimes it's not. And that's okay. And the issue is that people are feeling forced to make it the place for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe a liberal arts school isn't really what they're looking for, but you know, the top 10 list is populated with eight liberal arts schools. Mm-hmm. And you're then asking people to put themselves in a college that isn't conducive to their professional interests. Maybe they know exactly what they want to do. And that system of thinking just isn't right for them. You're essentially just forcing someone to pursue a path that's not really the best for them. And that's just not a system that is sustainable and is, it's not healthy for anyone involved. No, it's not. It's, it's like thinking, you know, if, if I put on a certain t-shirt with a certain school name, like it's going to, it's going to make me more successful. And, and the reality is, is if you get to that school, that's at the top of the U S news report, um, 
And all of a sudden you realize that it doesn't fit your interests and your passions and your goals and your learning style, it's going to be so much harder for you to be successful. So these are all things that we've talked about on the podcast. Um, and the scandal has brought it to light because the only reason why, you know, this, this whole issue came about in the first place is because people were buying into these ranking lists, um, and, and buying into these, these organizational structures that basically tell us that the brand name of your school really does matter. Um, and so now we want to take a step, step back and say, what, what do we do now? Now that we know this, now that we know that there are different ways to, to cheat and people are engaging in them, that, that even the resources online that we think will be objective, that a lot of them aren't, um, what does that mean for us? Well, our, our opinion on it is that if we want the system to be fair, we have to play fair. If we want this whole idea of searching for the right colleges, applying to those schools, getting in where you deserve to get in, and then going to those schools that, that you want to go to, we have to do our best to, to work toward our best interest. Um, and that means that the more that, that we cheat or don't demonstrate integrity or don't demonstrate accountability, the more we feed into this broken system and the less likely we are to end up in a place that really fits our aptitude and our interests. Um, so our perspective on this is to instead take a step back and look at what you really want from a school. Um, I spoke to a friend recently um, who his first choice for is, is Yale. He wants to go to Yale. Um, and his parents took him on an East Coast college tour all across all the Ivy Leagues. And, um, and he sat down with his parents before he went and he said, listen, I want us to walk onto these campuses like we don't know the name, like we don't know anything about them. And, and, and any time that, you know, anyone tries to encourage us to go to this school simply because of the name, in one ear and out the other. And all of the schools that he expected to like even more for his interests suddenly didn't fit. And instead, he was drawn toward Yale, which he wasn't really interested in before. And you could swap those names out for anything. So my encouragement to you is that as you're building your college list, focus less on the name and start looking at what really makes that college unique and how it fits you. That's, that's great. And I think that starts during the application process mm -hmm. that isn't just during the decision process um, to get to the point where you're thinking in that mindset you have to really hold yourself accountable for how you approach the college application process and going back to the whole college admission scandal itself it's not just people in high positions or with um, great income backgrounds this happens on a local level in pretty much every single school where people cheat in school or in their applications. And there's some very small um, differences that you can, you can see that people intentionally alter their applications by exaggerating accomplishments, falsifying activities, taking more credit than what's due for what they actually did. Um, and then like, copying and cheating from people and even manipulating like financial aid. Those are all smaller ways of altering your application, but they have the same impact. You're right. presenting a version of yourself that's simply not true. And when you do that, you're just contributing to the mindset of changing yourself for a college. 
And that was uh, something that I had to catch myself on. Mm -hmm. I know I had a tough time circling the uh, the Asian circle for race or like avoiding the um, I prefer not to answer. And, you know, that's a big part of my identity. But I because of college admissions, I had to think twice about um, choosing like what how to answer. Um, mm -hmm maybe applying to a less difficult major to get into and then planning on transferring later on just stuff like that and um just those little things that you think oh those are gray areas it's fine the gray areas and exploiting those gray areas are really what creates the bigger problem that's what leads us to bribing officials forging standardized test scores the little differences add up and whatever you think your little difference may be just avoid it there's no harm if you present the best version of yourself that is true and the college doesn't like it that college wasn't the right place for you and if you have to falsify your application to get in then there's an issue with the institution and with you true. so the <laughs> that's really all it is is you know just being truthful about how you really are who you really are and just hoping that the colleges come forward and just, you know, you can work on yourself, develop yourself, but it's not really that hard to be truthful. No, it's not. And I think we all need to step back and like give ourselves some credit and be proud of, you know, what we've worked toward in, in high school, regardless of what your college goals are, regardless of where you want to go to school, like why not show off exactly who you are in that application? Um, I want to provide one example that that happened to me in, in my college application. This sounds super minor, but I know that everybody listening has experienced this if they've applied to college, which is that I sent an essay to one of my teachers to have her read over it and give me some feedback. And I had a sentence in there that said, um, well, I, tra we, I traveled to this convention with my team and we exhibited this new product. And she went in and changed every instance where I use the word we to I, to say that I exhibited the product, that I was there at the convention, that I was running the thing. And I read it and it felt so wrong. And I had to go back and undo all the changes that she meant because instead I want to show, Hey, I was able to work on a team. I was able to work with all these people and do this thing. Not that I did it all by myself. And so the idea, like we start thinking about, you know, how can I put my best foot forward, but still be true to who I am? Um, like Nikhil said, it's a gray area. Ask for the opinion of someone else who you trust and, and, and have that real talk, have that real conversation about how you can, you know, show your best while also being truthful and authentic. Right. And I just wanted to challenge people when they do ask that person, like you were saying, that they trust. <laughs> to make sure that you choose someone that's unbiased or yeah. that has your best interests at heart, not in terms of getting you into the best college, mm -hmm. but what's the right thing to do. Someone who doesn't have a personal stake in you getting in, who wouldn't have like anything better or worse happen if you get into a certain college. Um, you have to be very deliberate about choosing that person because even the closest people to you that, um, that you trust they want the best for you right so they're more okay with you fudging the numbers a little bit changing your activities list so it seems like you did more than what you actually did mm -hmm. and um you know that's where other people can contribute and their fears for you can contribute into um 
the broader issue of cheating. Oh no, I'm so glad you said that. Um, because you know, we all have a bias and like you said, everybody wants to see you being successful. That teacher who left that comment on my essay, she, she wrote on the, on the margins, she was like, Morgan, you want to, you want to show your best to this school. So, so make, so, you know, give yourself credit for what you did. But what she didn't understand was that to me, when I read that sentence, it felt like I was reading about somebody else. And so that's a great way to go back and, you know, try and unbias your own mindset. You just take a moment to read that application in full um, and be sure that you feel really confident in it, not only because it makes you look good, but because it's real. Um, something that Nikhil and I were kind of talking about is that um, there's bias on all sides. So if the system is already unfair, why, <laughs> why don't we, why do we need to play fair? Why do we need to have a moral compass in this situation um, when so many don't? Um, and it comes back personally to my belief that if we, if we want the system to be fair, we have to treat it like it is. Um, we have to demonstrate integrity. We have to do our best to craft a college list that truly matches what we want and then reflect that in our application. Um, and something, something that's also important to remember is that, um, each time that you get into a school, remember that somebody else didn't. Mm -hmm. So that school that you applied to because your parents told you to do it or because you saw it at the top of a U.S. news report that you don't really want to go to, but you just want to see if you can get in. I hear a lot of people say that, like, oh, I'm just going to try it to see if I can get in. Realize that you're, you are taking a spot away from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So why apply to those schools? Why rob somebody else of the opportunity? And why pretend to be somebody, somebody that you're not when there could be some other kid out there who's a perfect fit for that school, but they're not going to get in because somehow you portrayed yourself as better than them, even if it's not who you really are. Um, so we don't want to be too pessim pessimistic about it, but these are the questions that we have to ask ourselves because as you do, you're going to feel all the more confident in your decisions and you can truly look back and say, hey, you know, this worked out for the best. And I can guarantee that you're probably going to end up at the school that's exactly right for you. Yeah. And they're yeah, really addressing that question of why, why should I do it the right way if, if no one else is? Well, really, each person, each individual that does it the wrong way mm -hmm. is that it's being done the wrong way by everyone else by being the one person that takes the initiative and like putting their foot down and saying, no, I'm going to do this the correct way. Right. It really adds up. You throw one individual here and one individual from somewhere else, and you're looking at an entire system of reform. Nothing or very little, there's very little that we can do to actually reform the whole education system um, from the like spot that we're in as applicants as seniors in high school but you can change the way you approach the system just because you can't change the system that doesn't mean that you can't do it the right way and right. be part of the the good side of it yeah and i think if we all imagine a world where everybody's application that they submit to a school is exactly who that person really is, where everybody approaches it with a sense of integrity, with some sort of honor code, um, with some sort of respect for the process and respect for their fellow applicants. Um, that would be pretty incredible. Um, I have to think that 
we would all go forth and be happier in college because we've been accepted for exactly who we are to be a part of that exact community. Um, and like Nikhil says, you know, there are other elements to this. Um, we're going to provide some links in the, um, in the show notes that we definitely encourage you to go and visit. Um, there's one video with a bunch of admissions officers and, and they talk about how they're at many schools, there are a certain amount of spaces that are actually reserved for students who have legacy, whose parents have been to that university or who, whose families have made large donations to that school. And that by the time you get through those students who basically have their spots secured, there's only so many that are left for, for, for students who are just authentically chosen for a fantastic application or, and a fantastic fit for that school. That's a, that's a part of it that's going to take some time to fix that that, that we need to, you know, we need to keep thinking about and keep taking action on. But in the meantime, what can we do with those remaining spots? How can, how can those students who are, who are put on into these schools, regardless of what their ranking is, whether it's in-state, out-of-state, public, private, whatever school you want to go to, ultimately the system should serve you. So make sure that it does. Show integrity, demonstrate this moral compass, and I, I, I really do think that the system will start to respond. Yeah, and I think a great way for us to do that and for us to use our platform responsibly and helping <laughs> is through re repurposing the uh, Keep It Real hashtag. You know that we love that hashtag. Mm -hmm. for a sort of honor code that students can use. So we invite you while you're filling out your applications um, to uh, post about times where you've kept it real on your college applications or um, during your college decision process. Morgan, I know you can speak a lot more to it. Uh, you posted acceptance and rejection letters. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, how, yeah, how do you could use the keep it, uh, keep it real honor code hashtag? No, absolutely. You know, Nikhil and I always say that the real talk starts here, but it shouldn't end on the podcast. Um, I, you know, my vision for this keep it real hashtag is that you feel empowered to go forth and, and hold yourself accountable and inspire others to hold themselves accountable as well. Um, Nikhil mentioned posting acceptance and rejection letters, which um, I did during my own college application process. And it's not easy. It's not easy because it feels like nobody else is sharing their rejections. Nobody else is sharing what the process is really like. But I can truly say from experience that I got so many incredible responses from the rejection letters that I posted because people wanted to have a real conversation. And this podcast wouldn't have existed if that didn't happen because that's how Nikhil and I started talking. And so I encourage you to use this keep it real hashtag and it, however you want, surprise us. If that means posting a rejection letter, do it. We will DM you. Like we want to see it. Uh, we want to talk about it and celebrate the schools that you do get into. Um, we really want to use this hashtag in order to just keep the real conversation going. Um, so definitely keep an eye on our Instagram account to see how we're encouraging you to do that. And we can't wait to see what you choose to do with it as well. Yes, for sure. Morgan, Thank you so much for tackling this subject. <laughs> I know it took a lot of hard work and research to, to treat a really, a really difficult subject in the right way. And you did a great job. Thank you.
Hey, you too, Nikhil. We, uh, you know, we put a couple weeks of, of thought into this. Uh, we were going to record this episode last week and ended up postponing it because we wanted to really do it justice. And, and I hope that we have, but again, we have more resources in the show notes and we would love to hear your thoughts on this. It's not a simple issue. And the last thing we were trying to do is simplify it. Um, but hopefully this was some really good food for thought that you can, you know, take and, and apply in your, in your own college application experience. And we would love to hear your perspective on it as well. Yeah. And feel free to um, hit up our uh, Real College Talk uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. or personal Instagrams to um, continue the conversation, like Morgan was saying. If you... And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil! Did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime... Keep it real. Keep it real.